eyeshadows are very common to use. You get the little eyeshadow palette, you figure out which ones you can use with your hair. You buy 30 of them at a time because they're not always <laughs> easy to find. They're expensive. You have to treat it, try to figure out how to use a small brush, you know, just to give you an idea of what we've all been through when I talk to customers, which I really like doing as much as possible. You know, we the struggle is real, as we say. Um, it has improved, thankfully, but there still aren't very compelling solutions. When you consider that there are 50% of women who experience hair loss, you walk into any name your big box retailer, you know, where's the section for hair loss concealers? There is none. And I still find that quite baffling given how huge a market there is for this. Welcome to the Friends in Beauty podcast, a safe space for ambitious beauty industry creatives to have real talk, get real answers and practical tools to grow their businesses. My name is Aquia Robinson, and I'm a makeup artist, beauty educator, and the creator of Friends in Beauty. I created Friends in Beauty to support like-minded creatives, just like you, on their quest to connect, network, and build genuine relationships within the beauty community. Join me every week as me and my special guests reveal the keys to success and longevity in the beauty industry, and most importantly, have fun while doing it. You ready? Hey, what's up? It's your best friend in beauty, Aquia Robinson. Welcome back to another episode of the Friends in Beauty podcast. I am so happy to have you here with me, and I hope you're listening to this episode in high spirits and in good health. If you are a friend in beauty, I welcome you to join the Friends in Beauty Facebook community. If you're looking for a community of like-minded, ambitious friends in beauty to virtually connect with, network, and share resources, then click the link down below in the show description to join our community. And I'll be there to welcome you with open arms. Also, follow Friends in Beauty on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty. What I like to do is something called the Friends in Beauty Friday feature, where every Friday I spotlight a different friend in beauty and their accomplishments. So no matter how big or small you think it is, I want to shout you out. I want to send you some good vibes. So all you have to do is use the hashtag FIB Friday feature, tag Friends in Beauty on something that you have accomplished, and I'll share it with the community. Additionally, the Friends and Beauty podcast is available on several platforms. We're on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, YouTube, you name it. And whatever platform you are listening from right now, I just want to say thank you so much for tuning into the Friends and Beauty podcast. I truly appreciate you so much. And I would love it even further if you took the time to leave a five-star rating, a review, a comment, a like, a share, a subscribe, a something to let me know how you feel about the Friends and Beauty podcast. I would absolutely love it. And also, I have to tell you that you should join the Friends of Beauty mailing list tribe if you haven't already because they are the first to know about all things Friends in Beauty and I send out different business resources, tips, and advice throughout the week. So if that's something that you're interested in, the link for that will be in the description as well. And last but not least, the most important thing is to share the Friends in Beauty podcast with your other Friends in Beauty, your family, your friends, anybody that you think could benefit from the information that is being shared Share, share, share a way to help me grow the Friends and Beauty community. Now, on this episode of the Friends and Beauty podcast, I welcome the founder of Me Cosmetics, Camille Barreto, to the Friends and Beauty guest chair. Dermatologist tested, Me Cosmetics launched at the end of 2021 to rave reviews. After struggling with thinning hair for years, Camille was unable to find a confidence-boosting beauty product that effectively addressed her situation, which is a common beauty concern in over 50% of women. After deciding enough was enough, 
she decided to tackle the problem head on, creating an innovative problem-solving cosmetic solution, Can't Stop Me Now, Ultimate Coverage Scalp Foundation. Me Cosmetics is committed to addressing the priorities expressed by its customers around the formulation, sustainability, and ethical standards. Camille firmly believes in bettering the community, and Me Cosmetics directs 100% of net profits from their A Gentle Touch microfiber towel, as well as a portion of all other profits to organizations dedicated to the fight against human trafficking. It was such a pleasure meeting Camille and having this conversation with her. In this interview, Camille shares her 25-year journey with hair loss and why she chose to develop Me Cosmetics, how Me Cosmetics is different from other hair loss products on the market, realistic advice for women experiencing hair loss at the moment, the future products on the horizon for Me Cosmetics that I feel are going to be game changers, and as someone with alopecia, she even shared her opinion on the slap hurt all across the world at the Oscars and so much more. I truly learned so much talking to Camille and I'm so excited for the advances that she's helping to make for women experiencing alopecia and hair loss, just helping them to regain their confidence. Let's go ahead and jump into the chat with Camille of Me Cosmetics. And if you prefer to watch our beautiful faces, then tune in on YouTube. Enjoy. Welcome to the Friends and Beauty Podcast, Camille. Hi, how are you, Aquia? I'm doing amazing. I was just telling you the weather is warming up here in DC. So anytime the sun is out, it just makes me so happy. So I'm I'm doing great. How are you? (laughs) I'm doing really well. It's uh, here. It's it's overcast, but it's hot. It's Houston. So it's always hot. (laughs) I would love to start off with some icebreakers just to get us warmed up before we jump into like your brand and everything. And I always say so the Friends of Beauty audience can get to know you a little bit outside of what you do for your brand and what you do professionally. Okay, perfect. All righty. So first one, just give us three random facts about you. Oh gosh. Oh, three random facts. Let's see. One, I suppose, is that I'm a really good Tetris player. I love Tetris. I'm addicted to Tetris. (laughs) Another is I was in my college acapella group. So I am a big fan of acapella. Um, Just the other day, I was playing some for some friends and I found out that most people aren't such enthusiasts as I am, but but it's such a great uh, talent that I love uh, uh, groups who do that. Love that. And then the other, I'm thinking, gosh, um, I'm a patty rescue diver. I no longer go scuba diving, but I used to spend all my holidays scuba diving, uh, two, three times a day out on a boat. Um, so that is something that was a big part of my life before and that I cherish all those memories. So it's great. Wow. That's amazing. So in that job, are you like searching for something in particular? It's actually just a training certification. So, uh, unless you choose to become an actual rescue diver, um, it's Patty, which is the professional association of diving instructors. They okay. have a professional track and then they have an amateur track. And on the amateur track for people who are not professional divers, they have certain training so that you can learn the right skill set in case there's some sort of emergency. It's really dope. I like that. You just know yeah. when that can come in handy. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> I love that. I have these things called pod decks. One is a, would you rather? And one is a, what the heck? You have crazy questions. Oh, which one do you want? Well, let's go with what the heck. (laughs) What the heck? Okay. Okay. What the heck? I'm curious. Seems like a random, hopefully it's not something I've chosen before. 
Okay. If you had to pick a new name for yourself, who would you pick? Oh gosh. That's so funny because my, both my kids said they don't like the names we picked for them. <laughs> Um, I would probably pick the name Samantha. I've always loved that name because it's got really fun derivatives as a nickname, but it's also got a really nice, eloquent um, name that you can say in a couple different languages. So I like that name a lot. Hey, Samantha. Come yes. welcome Samantha to the show. <laughs> Hi there. I love that. Um, I know that you like to travel. So I don't want to ask you, like, what's your favorite place? Like, what's your least favorite place that you travel to? Oh, that's a funny question. What a great question. I would say a town in Peru. Now my husband's Peruvian. We lived there for five years uh, and I love the country, but the one town I don't like very much there is called Arequipa. Um, it's just a little bit provincial for my taste. Um, and kind of, it needs some, some development, I would say, but you know, it's got, the people are great and the food is wonderful. So I suppose it's got, it's great, um, blessings as well. Okay. Okay. Um, what do people always tell you that you're good at aside from what you do professionally? Oh, that's a great question. Probably that I'm really resourceful. So I tend to be able to find solutions to things, whether it's figuring out Lego that, you know, has been meant like set up incorrectly and you got to take it apart and fix it back up, whether it's figuring out a problem for work, whatever it may be, you know? So, um, so in that sense, I think I'm pretty, pretty resourceful. That's a good, that's a good skill. I like that. I like that. Um, when is the last time you did something for the first time? Oh, wow. That's a great question. Let me think. I suppose moving to Texas, I've never lived in Texas before. I've moved around a lot. Like you said, I've traveled and we've moved into a lot of places, but I have never lived in the great state of Texas. And we moved here two years ago. Nice. How's it going? It's a fantastic state. Look, every place has its, its pluses and minuses. Um, I'm not going to complain about the weather. I'm Canadian. And so the weather here is fantastic. <laughs> um, but, uh, and the people are very friendly. Houston is full of people, very cordial. Nice. Okay. Mm -hmm. And if you weren't the CEO of Me Cosmetics, what else could you see yourself doing? It's a funny thing to ask now. I think if you'd asked me that question five years ago, I'd give you a very different answer. Um, but now I think I would figure out another business venture to start because I worked in corporate America most of my career. Um, and five years ago, before it ever occurred to me to launch this type of company, I would have said, oh, you know, if I went, I had retired from finance back then, I said, I would probably go back into finance and work in compliance, uh, which isn't the sexiest area, but I actually really love it uh, in that area. So that's probably what I would have said before, but now, uh-uh, no. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I love that. Thanks for sharing with us. I would love to know, like, what were you doing before you launched Me Cosmetics and like, what led you? to, you know, developing the brain. Oh, thank you for asking that. It's, it's been a long journey. So I'm 46. So I've got a few years under my belt um, and a couple of different stages in my life, I would say. Um, so, you know, back in the day, I worked in tech out of college, uh, both at a large company as well as a startup. Um, so that was really interesting. And then I moved into finance where I started in investment banking on the corporate finance side uh, for M&A advisory and capital markets work. And then switched over to private banking, which is wealth management for high net worth individuals. So that was really great. And then when we moved around a lot, uh, one of us between my spouse and I had to make some decisions as to if we could both continue in our careers because it was difficult to continue to move for me. So I ended up taking a pause and retiring um, for a number of years, uh, seven years to help uh, my children get accustomed to different places that we moved to and 
you know, learn languages and figure out new cultures. So, um, so it's been quite a journey, I have to say. Um, but you ask, you know, how did I get here? And that's, that's interesting because, um, well, it's not so noticeable now because I take a lot of medication. Um, I have had androgenetic alopecia since my early 20s. And, uh, and so my journey with that is really what led me to start me cosmetics, um, because I just wanted to do something for others, uh, that I figured out for myself, um, and hopefully, you know, make some money as we do it. <laughs> okay. So you say angiogenetic alopecia? Yeah. So, you know, obviously, unfortunately for, for, um, um, for, you know, what happened at the Oscars, there's been a lot of uh, attention given to the word alopecia, uh, which is actually in itself, not a diagnosis. And I'm not medically trained, but you know, after 20, almost 25 years, you, you, you tend to figure it out your way around things. Yeah. Um, so alopecia is the name of a symptom, which is a symptom of hair loss, loss of hair. Um, and there are lots of different types of alopecia, so there, which have completely different uh, reasons for existing. Okay. Um, and so androgenetic alopecia, sometimes referred to as androgenic alopecia or female pattern hair loss, is just a bum draw in the genetic lottery pool, <laughs> which is what you see that happens to many men also happens to a number of women. Um, it's just that women don't tend to talk about it too much, especially back in the day, nobody talked about it. Right. Um, I'm glad it's surfacing now, but it's basically diffuse general thinning across the entire um, crown of the hair right. in women. I was going to ask you too, why do you think that is not as um, spoken about as it is with men? When men lose their hair, you see the Rogaine commercials, you see all of these different things that they market for men with hair loss. Why do you think that they don't do the same for like women? You know, it's, I've always wondered, you bring up such a great question because I've wondered that myself for years, right? And back in the day, so uh, over tw almost 25 years ago, the medical community didn't even really talk about it. To be quite honest, nobody knew who to send me to to get diagnosed. And so since then, I've always been thinking, huh, why am I, why do I feel like I'm all alone, right? And I think women tend to suffer alone. And I think there's also, and again, I'm not a sociologist here, but I think there's a lot more weight and importance that put on women, either self-imposed or societal, um, of the importance of, or the perceived importance of hair and beauty. And so I think that it probably went, goes to the core of how a woman feels about herself. Um, whereas men, it's like, shave it, own it, you know, and it's kind of been like that for ages or, you know, here are the commercials. It's fine. You know, we can, we can help you solve that problem. But I think in women, it's, um, it's just something that we've always suffered alone. And so because we didn't feel like we had a voice or we didn't express our voice, uh, or we didn't feel comfortable sharing our voice mm -hmm. that we were in a situation where it just wasn't talked about. So that was the biggest thing I would ever say is that women always chose to suffer alone. And I love the fact unfortunately, that there are many women with alopecia, but I love the fact that we are so many now actually talking about the issue and surfacing the issue. And this started well before me, I'm not taking credit for this, whatever, but whatsoever, but it's, uh, it's something that I think has really surfaced in the last couple of years, which I'm so excited about. Yeah. And I, I'm randomly just thinking about um, someone that I know with alopecia and it was years ago when I first started doing makeup, maybe like 2013, 14, she had this um, women's group with like a support group for other women with alopecia, but theirs is more so like, I guess the more common form of alopecia that we see where they don't have any hair. So they didn't have brows and they were like yeah. ordering everything. So I went and I like did their makeup and everything just to like mm -hmm. you know, help them feel pretty and stuff like that. But I'm just randomly thinking about that. And I think that's like 
the most common form of alopecia that most people are used to? They're not used to just like the thinning, the thinning hair. Well, first of all, thank you so much for doing that because I think, you know, any joy you can bring to somebody when they're struggling is just life-changing. So thank you for doing that on behalf of women everywhere. Um, and yeah, there's some tattoo artists doing beautiful tattoo work with, uh, women and men who have, uh, more progressed or advanced, um, types of hair loss. Mm-hmm. Um, the type you describe, I think it's called universalis or totalis, depending on if it affects the entire body or just the hair, the head. Um, and I believe it's a progression of an autoimmune disorder that often starts as areata, uh, which is more of like the small bald patches, but it's, it's great to see that, you know, people are trying to attack it from different ways and just really boost women's confidence, no matter, you know, what we can do, finding creative ways to do it. So that's awesome that you're doing that. Thank you. <laughs> when you were diagnosed, like all of those years ago, like how did it affect how you navigated like your personal life or like your professional setting at the time? You know, it's interesting to go back to those days. I wish I could tell that young girl, young woman, you know, it'll be okay because at the time I'll be very blunt and not to be Debbie Downer here, but it was extremely, extremely distressing. Um, I would say, you know, I would spend so many hours of the day thinking about it. It just consumed my thoughts because you know, you can see when people stare at your scalp, when you can see the scalp right through. Mine was pretty advanced. I ended up using uh, toppers, um, which are basically clip in sort of, I would say like a toupee, but longer hair and much prettier. (laughs) Um, They've made some great advancements back then. So since back then, um, but you know, it was really distressing. Um, I fell into a deep depression um, and I had tremendous anxiety Um, whether it was to be in a meeting, whether, I mean, I didn't want to date people. I didn't want to, there were so many ways it affected me. Um, You know, as when my husband knew me, we met in my mid twenties. So he's known me through much of this journey, especially the two postpartum parts of it, which just added insult to injury. (laughs) You have to stop the medications. Then you have the postpartum hair loss. Anyways, the, the whole thing continues. And, you know, he's seen me crumpled on the bathroom floor in tears, just in tears. Um, and so I think that really speaks to how much it can affect women, both on the negative when they're experiencing it, but on the positive with all the exciting, either new medical treatments, which exists out there for a number of the different conditions, but also, and more importantly, I think more as it relates to us, the cosmetic ways that we can really help elevate women and really make them feel themselves feel better about themselves. And it doesn't necessarily mean hiding it, right? For some women, it is owning it and feeling like they have a really supportive community of people who are going to be nothing but loving and impressed and empathetic. Um, I think that society's really made some big changes that way. So I would have been really happy to, to see that, that change because honestly, it was not like that 20 years ago, um, 20 years ago, even medical doctors. And I have great respect for them, especially those who are always training themselves and learning new techniques and new medical protocols. Um, But even back then I had a doctor who told me, well, you know, at least you're not really sick. I've got folks over here with, you know, pick your disease. I don't want to name a disease and call it worse or better, but, you know, with more physical ailments that potentially could end their life, right. Um, You know, their life on their time on earth. So, you know, it was hard back then there wasn't much empathy. And so it's one of those things that now it's really exciting to see all the changes um, because, you know, like I said, poor Ms. Jada Pickett-Smith, but, you know, I think she's done, unfortunately at her cost, but she's done a tremendous service um, really bringing these types of issues to, to light and showing one way of handling it, which is not trying to conceal it. Mm-hmm. 
I love that. I love that. Were you offended by that? As someone who has alopecia, were you offended by what happened at the Oscars? It's interesting you ask because I know I know there are a lot of PR agencies who started pitching things right after that. And, you know, with our team, we said absolutely not. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, did I find it offensive? I found it very distasteful. But I also grew up, I think, in a time when um, there was a little bit more tolerance, I wouldn't say tolerance, um, acceptance, better or for worse, whether you should or you shouldn't, you know, make jokes at people's expense. So I remember jokes back in the Oscar days from many years ago where, I mean, they were saying terrible things about each other. So it didn't shock me at first, other than I can't believe he chose to say this right here now. Um, But coming to think of it after a while, I said, you know, with everything that society has advanced over the last 20 years, what was okay, I think 20 years ago, probably wasn't such a great idea. So I found it in poor taste um, and unfortunate, but like to look on the bright side, which is it has helped elevate, you know, awareness tremendously. And I don't know um, her at all, but she clearly handled it like a champ, in my opinion. Talk about grace and elegance. That's what I will say. <laughs> she was very poised and she handed it yes. to the lady. Okay. Yeah. Um, I would love to know. So when when did you make the decision that you wanted to step into the game of, you know, helping to boost women's confidence and develop your brand? Like, what was that decision? It's kind of a funny story. So those of us who um, have chosen to try to conceal our hair loss have had, you know, a couple of different options uh, available back in the day, almost nothing, frankly. Uh, either medical or cosmetic. But, um, you know, in the last 10, 15 years, we've had some great um, advancements. The hair fibers have gotten better. The sprays are still the same. We still had the same, you know, cheesy infomercials from back in the eighties with this spray. I can't remember what it was called, but it was this black spray that people would put on. And it was literally 15 minute infomercials on TV. And we're still at the same point with those. So I'm like, okay, maybe the ingredients are better, but still kind of the same application technology. Um, You know, eyeshadows are very common to use. You get the little eyeshadow palette. You figure out which ones you can use with your hair. You buy 30 of them at a time because they're not always easy to find. They're expensive. You have to treat it. Try to figure out how to use a small brush, you know, just to give you an idea of what we've all been through when I talk to customers, which I really like doing as much as possible. You know, we, the struggle is real, as we say. Um, it has improved, thankfully, but there still aren't very compelling solutions. When you consider that there are 50% of women who experience hair loss, mm-hmm. you walk into any name your big box retailer, you know, where's the section for hair loss concealers? There is none. And I still find that quite baffling given how huge a market there is for this right. because people will say it's really niche. And I say, I actually don't think so. If I may be so bold as to disagree. No, I don't think it's so niche to be quite honest. Um, people just don't talk about it. Like we talked about earlier. So I had been trying to figure out ways to do it myself. And I kind of Jerry rigged things, you know, and I had my system and it was clunky, but it, it got the job done. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, you know, one day I said, you know what we need, we really need this to look like this, be like this shape, like this, the brush like this. And my husband goes, well, then just do it. And I do not come from an entrepreneurial family. We are a family of engineers and, you know, good corporate, you know, soldiers. And that's that. So it hadn't even dawned on me. And I said, but honey, I don't know anything about the beauty space. I don't know anything about launching a company. Yes, I know finance. Yes, I know business. Yes, I know, you know, many things that I've learned along the way, but this is completely new. And he looks at me and he goes, huh, 
I never thought you to be quite so, you know, I wouldn't call it lazy. He goes, that's pretty selfish of you. And I said, what do you mean? He goes, you think that you've got a better way to do this. You've lived this. I've seen you suffer this yourself and you're not willing to try doing something new to figure it out. And I look, and he knew, he knew how to put the bait right in front of me. It's <laughs> like, he was just goading me. And I said, you know what? You're right. Absolutely. I'm going to figure this out. And so then it just became my mission to get this done um, in terms of figuring out how the industry works. I'm no expert by any means, but I've certainly learned a lot about it. Um, and that's how the whole journey started. And, you know, you've got to tap into your resources and your network. Uh, for me, it started with my dermatologist back in Mexico City. We were on assignment there for five years. Um, and she does some formulation work herself. She put me in touch with her chemists. And that's where we got started. You know, obviously things have changed tremendously since then, since we've come back stateside, yeah. you know, we've reformulated everything to meet uh, local um, preference standards in terms of uh, ingredient selection and uh, performance and things like that here um, and bring manufacturing, you know, on shore as much as possible just to avoid supply chain issues, which are inevitable nonetheless. <laughs> But that's how we got started. It was really from, you know, a little carrot. My husband said, huh, that's interesting. Because he knows if he goats me, then I'm going I'm to live up to the challenge. Exactly. I love that. And I love that you mentioned using your network because that's, that's how Friends in Beauty started. Friends in Beauty started as networking events just to connect people in the beauty industry and everything like that. Or just other entrepreneurs with each other. And I love that you mentioned like tapping into your network to just, oh, my person back in Mexico City, let me reach out to them to see who they know to help me with the formula and stuff like that. Because I never can stress the importance enough of just meeting people, connecting with people and just keeping them in your Rolodex because you just never know. Like you mm -hmm. never knew that you were going to need that person for that particular aspect of something new that you were trying. Was this your first entrepreneurial endeavor? Mostly, I guess I did have a bagel business. We, my son, our son was born in, in Manhattan and when I was in business school. And so, you know, he became a quick lover of proper Manhattan style bagels because shout out to my Canadian counterparts, Montreal bagels are very different. So I don't want to call them better or worse, but you know, you, you fall in love with what you know. So when we moved abroad, there were no bagel shops, let alone a good New York style bagel shop. So I learned how to make them myself. And then I had a bunch of people, the Canadian embassy started me asking for them, friends started me asking for them. So I started selling those. So I wouldn't call it an official large scale, you know, on endeavor, but it was a fun, a fun way to dip my toe in the entrepreneurial world. <laughs> I love that. And with you starting off in like beauty, what other kind of investments did you have to make with yourself or with your, I guess your brand to be able to get it up and running the right way? Since you don't have like an entrepreneur background or a business background, who did you have to invest in aside from like the chemist to like get your, your business up and running? Absolutely. Those are great questions, you know, because we're all here just to help each other out. And, you know, I'm one of the big believers that this world is not a fixed pie. You know, the pie can get as big as we all want it to be. So let's all help each other, each other out. So I love what you're doing. I love, I love this whole, um, this whole podcast um, story about how it came to be. Um, I would say that uh, other, the finance and business skills, uh, I, I have pretty good handle on. So um, that piece, you know, I was pretty comfortable with. Um, I did not know this industry, so I recognized what I didn't know. And uh, that was mostly on the creative side, as well as uh, networking with different people in the industry. So I hired 
two key groups. Uh, I think one is called Schoolhouse. They're a amazing um, agency, creative agency out of New York uh, who does fantastic work. Um, and, you know, it's a, it's a little bit more pricier because they are very well, very much sought after, but I thought it would be a worthwhile investment to make sure that I did things well out of the starting gates in terms of visual identity, brand identity, kind of the brand voice, yeah. uh, the design of the website, because I certainly didn't want to have to go back and fix all of that later. So um, that was uh, one key group that I think were really pivotal in um, helping launch uh, such a successful, um, you know, look and feel and an aesthetic um, as well as brand voice out of the gates. And the other um, is a wonderful consultant. Her name is Gloria Luna. Um, she has many years of experience in the beauty space and I hired her. I hope Gloria is okay with me saying this, but I didn't ask her. Gloria, sorry if it's not okay. I promise I won't do it again. <laughs> but um, but uh, she brought tremendous advice um, and guidance in terms of the different components of things, not physical components, but sometimes physical components, but the different you know, components of, of these types of businesses. And if I didn't know one person to do this, or I wasn't quite sure how to structure that, you know, she was really by my side for a number of months to help me get that um, set up and running, which I really think that those two resources amongst many others, but those two, I think would be the most useful perhaps for your audience. If anybody is ever thinking about you know, trying this type of endeavor, um, you know, to reach out to, there are people, there's so many great consultants out there um, and so many great agencies and so, so many talented people. So I would say, know what you know, know what you don't know. You know, I don't need to hire a head of finance. <laughs> I, I can handle the books for now. I hate it, but I can do it. <laughs> the accounting is not my favorite part. Um, but, uh, but in that sense, you know, there's some great resources out there. And if anybody ever has questions, I might not have the answer, but I'm always open to people reaching out. One of those people is say, you know, if somebody takes the time to email me, I'll take the time to respond. Yeah. You know, even if I can't really commit time to them, I will still take the time to respond and see if I can get them on their way. So I'm always open if anybody, you know, wants me to put people in touch with folks that I may know or who may know somebody. I'm always happy to do that. Yeah. Thank you so much for sharing that. I would love to know also, how, how does your Can't Stop Me Now Scout Foundation compare to other things on the market? Because I, I haven't seen it before, maybe because that's not the area where I'm not there yet with hair loss or something. But when I saw the demonstration of it, I was like, oh my God, that's freaking amazing. Like, <laughs> how does it compare to others on the market? Like, is it waterproof? Like, how does it work? Oh, this, okay. Great question. So I'll give you a very quick lay of the land of what's out there now um, that is either can be used for this or is specifically designed for this purpose. Um, and that's largely a couple of different categories. One are the hair fibers that you often see, topic amongst many others. Um, and those are, can be really good for certain situations, especially perhaps more advanced or progressed uh, hair loss. Um, but, uh, but, you know, and there are many brands, so I'm not going to name a bunch of brands, but they are, I would say, you know, they have their, their challenges. It's hard to control where you're putting them on. You can't really blend them properly, you know? And so they have great situations in which they work really well, but for many of us, it's not really an ideal fit. Then you've got, um, products that are, um, root covers that say that they can also be used to, uh, cover, um, thinning areas. And I would say that's a fair statement to make for very small areas to cover because they tend to be quite small in format, more like an eyeshadow size with a small brush that's usually flat. 
Um, so more akin to an eyeshadow brush. Mm -hmm. And so I kind of look at the way, I think the easiest way to explain it is to say, okay, well, if you're going to put foundation, a pressed powder foundation, if that's your jam, right? If you're going to put that all over your face, what format are you going to want? Are you going to want a tiny little eyeshadow, the flat brush, right. or are you going to want a nice big ample foundation compact with a nice big pick your type of foundation brush you like that you can blend and build and buff and do everything that you want really easily and very quickly, because we also don't have 10 hours to do this. Right. And like I'd mentioned before, it can be very consuming in your thoughts. And so the quicker you can hopefully get that anxiety out of your way in the beginning of the day, then the better. Right. So the compact was pers pers like um, purposefully designed with a very large format. Um, which also makes it quite, um, I know the, the price tag can seem higher than one would anticipate because it's $60, but it has 10 grams of product in it, which is generally three to four, if not five times what you would find in say a comparable root cover at usually more than half the price. So it actually is pretty compelling from a cost standpoint, if you're looking at the volume of stuff that you're getting in there. And that was also for environmental reasons. We want to make sure we minimize the number of units that need to be sold to get the same effect. Mm -hmm. Um, then uh, the formulation is also uh, designed specifically for this purpose, right? Which is also different. So when you're looking at an eyeshadow, perhaps you might not be so concerned if it's got peptides and hyaluronic acid and all these different yummy ingredients you can put in things. Whereas if it's for your face, your entire face area, you'll probably be a bit more particular and want to see more skincare-like ingredients in it. And so the same concept applied, which is really why we called this scalp foundation. Nobody's done that before. I really like to consider this a new product category um, because I think there's room for all different types, just like there are different types of eyebrow fillers. you got a whole bunch of different types of, of concealers, right? Uh, and options available. Um, so we, you know, we wanted to make sure it had all of those ingredients. Um, the third category, you know, of the products that it compares to sometimes are the sprays I alluded to earlier, which again are root covers that some people have been using to also conceal their hair loss. And the challenge with those is that it's really hard to control where things are going, how much is going where. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Plus you can't travel. I know people do, but legally you're not supposed to get on flights with aerosol products. So, <laughs> uh, so, you know, it doesn't travel as easily if you want a little touch up, you know, it's not so straightforward. Like those of us who've tried them, most commonly, I don't want to overgeneralize, but I would say common statement is that you've got to put towels or something over your shoulders to make sure it doesn't go all over the place. Because right. it ends up getting the spray flies all over. It ends up on the floor, wherever. <laughs> so, you know, so I was really trying to address those categories and, and see what we could pull that was good from them and what we could make a lot better. And then the ingredients, like I was mentioning, you know, we wanted to make sure it had really good hair and skin loving ingredients. So we have 10 active ingredients. Now, when I say active, I just want to be very clear. We are not a drug company. We do not regrow hair, nor do we stop the growth of hair. Um, so when I say active, I just mean active in the sense of non-therapeutic levels, you know, of, of things. Cause otherwise we'd be classified as a drug. We don't want to go down that path. We saw what happened with the eye, with the, the eyelash extension companies. That was a, that was, that was quite a, quite a, a big piece of news the last couple of weeks. Um, you know, so, uh, so that was really important to us. So we put, you know, peptides and hyaluronic acid and jojoba oil and vitamin E or tocopherol, whichever way you want to call it, um, you know, and, and so many other really good ingredients in it to just help nourish the hair and scalp. Um, so we really wanted to do that. And then the other thing, the other two things I think that were really key was that one, a lot of products out there, once they're placed down are actually matte and hair is not matte. The hair is shiny, right? And so 
we don't want to lose that, that shine, that reflectiveness um, that adds depth to our hair. And so we made sure that we put a lot of uh, shine in it, not so that it looks like a strobe light, but just so that it mimics your hair so that when you have, um, when you have it applied, it really looks very natural. Assuming you've applied it, you know, it takes some practice. Just like if you try your winged eyeliner for the first time, usually the first couple of times, it's, it might be a little heavy handed here, you know, it's, it's crooked there. It's a little bit similar in that it takes some, you know, a little bit of practice, but I think with a couple of, of, um, of, of attempts and figuring it out, people have been able to, to identify the best application technique. We wanted to make sure it was really water resistant. Um, so I have videos that, you know, for, for the sake of people seeing that, you know, it's me and who's me and who's this person, right? I, I don't need to see my face too much more, honestly. I much prefer having so many wonderful models that we're able to partner with. But I thought the easiest way for people to really see the proof is in the pudding is to see this thing in water. So I jump into a pool and dump my head underwater and, you know, run my arm under a faucet and, and for extended periods of time with a good amount of pressure of water to show that people, you know, you can get out there, you can go out in the rain, right. you can, you know, you can do whatever you want and it's not going to come off, you know, unless you rub it off, just like anything. If you rub your makeup off your face, no matter what, you know, waterproofness it is, it's going to come off. Right? Um, and so those were, you know, some of the key things for us that were really important. And the application system was also really key. There are, um, you know, like I mentioned, it, what I think are inadequate application systems for this purpose, wonderful for what they were designed for, not great necessarily for this, which is, you know, a large format brush is what was needed, not a small flat brush and, um, you know, in a large pan. And we wanted the brush to have really dual capacity to it. So it's very dense and very soft. One side you'll see is shorter than the other. And that was what really helps lay down a lot of the pigment and the softer side, which well, they're both soft, but the one that has the longest bristles is less compact at the end of the bristles. So that really helps when you face that toward the hairline, I'm getting a little bit too detailed here, I think, but when you get toward the hairline, the last thing you want is for your head to look like you're wearing like a Lego helmet, right? Yeah. <laughs> We don't want that. So, so it's, you know, about the brush and making sure you apply it, you know, in a, using a certain technique. So we really tried to hit different aspects in terms of its composition, its like physical design and its performance. Um, and I think we, we hit the nail on the spot. You know, we've gotten some really great feedback from customers. Um, and, you know, those who have, uh, you know, taken some time to figure out how it works and, you know, we have a great customer service team who uh, always helps people um, to the extent, you know, they can with shade matching. And we have a great, you know, program that's 100% money back guarantee. So if you want to try this kind of new and scary for some people, either they've never tried anything or they've tried a bunch of things and they've just given up <laughs> and then they're, uh, less eager to look something new and they don't want to spend more money. Um, so we said, you know what, if we stand behind our product, we got to give people the money back if they don't like it. And our return rate is extraordinarily low. Well, well, well below industry standards, especially in color cosmetics. So I'm very, very happy to see that. And then we other, we have a great exchange program so that people can, you know, try if it's not the right shade, the shades are really forgiving. So we always tell people, look, order what you think is the most appropriate, best to match your hair at your roots. And, uh, you know, if you're not sure, go a little bit darker, it tends to be a little bit easier, but if it's not right, let us know, we'll get another shade out to you. Don't worry about it, you know, and try the other one, try both. Cause we don't, our policy is to not, um, well, we discard everything that's returned, mm -hmm. um, just for sanitary reasons. 
even if you know people have said they haven't used it, just in case um, you know somehow some microbes got in, we just don't want to bother uh, risking somebody's health that way. And so, uh, so we say just try it out. I mean, even if you look at it, you don't think it's the right color, you might be surprised because there are actually three shades I can use. I can use the dark blonde, and people can't see me, but I have kind of a light brown, reddish, tingy kind of hair, I suppose is the fairest way to put it. And I can use the dark blonde, the light brown or the medium brown, you know, in a pinch. The white shade for, I saw you have a white shade. Yeah. So a lot of women who are postmenopausal um, uh, or any woman who has white hair, um, you know, premenopausal, but generally postmenopausal, um, <laughs> you'll find uh, that, you know, they don't know what to do because their scalp starts showing through as well. And so we have um, a model on our website. Her name is Joan. She's a wonderful uh, woman and uh, she's got beautiful white hair. And so she models how you can conceal oh your scalp. And I actually, I'll, I won't say which family member, he's a male and he's older. And so I don't want to out him. <laughs> but he, he, I've got great photos of him who've got, you know, a big bald spot in the back and it just covers it up right away. I right away. I even think about our mature family members that we have that have because my mom's hair, I know she's going to watch this and she knows that I don't like it, but her hair is completely like gray now, like completely like white and yep. she loves it because she has a young face, but her hair is all gray, but I'm like, she's getting older and I'm like, oh, yes. Well, and what's, what's happened. It's so funny. It's true. What's happened too is with the pandemic, um, I think that a lot of people have chosen to let their hair grow into their natural color. So we are actually, you know, and, um, you know, we haven't announced this really publicly, but we are launching three new shades later this year. We're starting to allude to it. If people are looking at certain photos, they'll, they'll, they'll figure it out. Um, and one of those shades is a salt and pepper color because the most requested color that we have not yet produced is salt and pepper. That's going to change the game. It is. It's really fun. So we have our own community of, uh, we call ourselves confidence crusaders. And so, um, you know, our own community of, of customers out there, our confidence crusaders, they uh, have been the ones testing the products. Um, so the shades, I mean, the formulas are largely similar, but, you know, there's just a shade differentiation. So it's been great to involve the community in that as well, because we get to, you know, talk to folks right after and see how it's going, you know, too light, too dark. Um, and uh, so that's also been a really exciting way to, to help build our community, um, you know, but we have a lot of demand for that silver that's coming out later this year. <laughs> I love that so much. I also, I know you mentioned the brush that you have. I know you have a few other products as well. And I know that, well, I saw that you direct some of your proceeds of the Gentle Touch microfiber towel to um, organizations that fight against human trafficking. Yes. So I would love to know, like, why, like, why did you choose that cause? Why is that a cause that you're passionate about? Oh, well, um, it is, I think, just like uh, hair and loss in women, I think it's also one of the really underspoken about, that's not a word, but I'm making up words, but you get you get the just um, issues facing society. I think people don't realize how grave the issue is. And I think it's actually the number one thing that is going to be challenging our, our society for the next few decades. Um, and I won't go into details. It can be quite triggering to talk about. So I'll leave it at that. And if anybody ever wants to talk about it, I'm always very, very open um, to talking about it. But uh, when I was living in Latin America for 10 years, um, this is something that happens everywhere, just to be clear. Okay. It happens wherever you live. It's within a block. I will be very clear about that. Yeah. 
So I don't want to imply this only happens in certain parts of the world, but that's where I learned about it through, um, I'm a, I have, uh, I'm a person of faith. And so through my church, I learned quite a bit about it. Um, and I actually started doing service work, uh, working with people who have exited that life, um, and been rescued from that life, mm-hmm. uh, and doing work in, uh, and safe houses with them as volunteer, as a volunteer, um, and really got to know, uh, the, the young women in that community personally, one-on-one and just the fire of life, the, the desire to survive, to live, to enjoy life that, you know, I think really speaks highly of how strong that the human soul can be. Um, and so I was just so deeply touched by these young women um, that I said, you know, no matter what we do in life, and I've always been a big believer in this, we've got to do something for a greater good right? So it's great to make money. Sure. It's great to do something neat. That's in, you know, the cosmetic space or whatever, you know, business you're working in that is doing something and bringing value to people. That's great. But we also, I think all have a moral obligation and we should want to, you know, help elevate this world to make it someplace better for those who are less fortunate or don't have the same opportunities. And so for me, directing a portion of our proceeds to the fight against trafficking and the organizations to whom we direct those, uh, those proceeds are uh, organizations I know personally very well. Either I actively have volunteered with them and I know the founders or I volunteer with them and I know people who are there very closely. Yeah. Um, and so we decided the gentle touch microfiber towel is great to use. You know, it's at a great price point. It's $7, you know, not to, I don't want to say that, I don't want to decide what's a lot of money or not, but I think in the grand scheme of beauty, $7 is, is a reasonable thing. Um, and we just said, you know what? We don't want to make any money from these towels. They're very convenient. They're great to wash your face. They're great to protect your counter when you're putting it on. They're big 16 by 16 inch microfiber towels. Okay. You can wash your face with them so well. You can protect your counters. Like I said, you travel with the products all wrapped up in them. And uh, But let's do some good with this. So 100% of our proceeds from that, we make no profit on them, um, which is why we always try to strong arm. I always strong arm my friends into buying them. Yeah. <laughs> Say, buy the towel, even if you don't need the product, buy the towel. <laughs> so, so that's been a fantastic uh, way. And then we also direct a portion of the proceeds uh, of all other sales um, to uh, to the same organizations. So that's just been something near and dear to my heart. I'm actually going, today is Tuesday, Friday, I'm going out. I do service here with a group called The Landing um, and we go down to one of the red light districts and uh, speak to um, the women out on the streets um, to hopefully start forming good relationships with them so that if and when they're ready to exit the life that they have resources to where they can go. So. It's near and dear to my heart. Um, it is difficult to talk about for many people, so I don't talk about it too much unless I'm asked. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is very important to our the fiber of our company of you know giving back in a way that is meaningful. Yeah, and I and I absolutely love the way that you're doing it too. I, I know of one other, um, I know a makeup artist who's doing kind of something similar. I think hers is more so for women who are coming back into. Um, society after being incarcerated but I, I love the idea of um, like choosing a product from your brand to donate to that because a lot of times I feel like people do want to donate to um, charities and you know give back in some kind of way but they don't know how they're going to like personally be able to provide that financially right so the idea of like just choosing something from your 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 brand and just letting the proceeds um yeah yeah. And that's why we always tell our customers, buy the towel. 
<laughs> the bigger picture, like giving back to the world. Yeah. Yeah. At the end of the day, Camille, like, what do you want your legacy to be? Oh, gosh. My legacy. If I walk into a Sephora, Ulta, wherever, and I see a big section dedicated to hair loss concealers, I will be very happy. I'll go to my grave extremely content. Uh, so, in the meantime, because that's not an easy feat to achieve, but in the meantime, uh, you know, just knowing that we can impact people's lives. I've lived that anxiety. My husband has seen me like not want to sit under at a, at a restaurant under the stroke, like the halogen lamps or the spotlights above you. Yeah. Um, you know, he knew to put me cause he's got a thick head full of hair. <laughs> Lucky <laughs> him. He complains his water pressure is not too high. Cause the water bounces off his hair. <laughs> and I just look at him. I'm like, Hey, do you want to give me some of that? <laughs> That's a good problem to have. Okay. But, you know, he's always been very gracious and understanding what makes me much more self-conscious. If we can take that away for a lot of people, that's really what we're going after. You know, just the other day I received um, an email from one of our customers saying, you know, I just wanted to share with you. And I'm saying this verbatim. I wanted to share with you how your scalp foundation has changed my life. And then, you know, another quote of, um, you know, I can now go and start my day and this I'm paraphrasing because I can't remember exact language, but, you know, I can now start my day, you know, spending almost just a little bit of time getting ready as opposed to a lot of time trying to fix this, that, and to hide this, move that. And then I just don't think about it anymore. And they said, this is the first time in my life. I haven't had anxiety about my hair loss when I leave. So those to me are the things that really are the spirit of why we do what we do. And I think everybody in this industry in many industries really has that approach. I don't think we're, we're better than anyone else, but we found a new way to address something that has been around for ages and clearly could do better. <laughs> Other than the, the shades that you are coming out with soon, anything else coming up next for you personally or your brand that you want to share? Uh, we have, we have some new products that are in development. I can't specify which ones, um, they do span across color cosmetics as well as skincare. So, you know, we would literally like to be, um, you know, that top of mind brand for people when they're just looking for their core set of necessities, um, such as their scalp foundation, et cetera. So, um, and then we're also launching some new shades, like I said, and uh, we really listen to the folks who are out there, whether it's influencers who have been posting a lot about what we do and we haven't paid any influencers yet. So that's been really exciting to see the reaction because that community to me speaks really highly because they're very authentic in the sense that if they're not receiving any financial remuneration for something right. and they're still posting about it. You know, I'm not to, not to imply that if they are receiving money, they're not being genuine. I think they absolutely are. They're very discerning about what they'll post because they really want to feel like they can get behind it. But if they're not having any, you know, sort of compensation for it, then I think that that's huge. You know, that's a huge testament. And so from that community, we realized that we've got one tool that we still need to make at least. Yeah. So that's also in production as well. So that's getting pretty exciting. Is, is that I can say it's a new it's a new brush as well to add to our lineup. I love that. I was just geeking out when you were talking about the brushes because I totally get it. I'm a makeup artist. So I, I totally get it when you were talking about the dense brush and the fluffy brush. Yeah. The way that I teach my students when I'm teaching them like how to set the face out, like alternate between like a small brush for like maybe here 
and up under here, but like a big brush for the whole face. So like, oh, really? I get it for like alternating, like, you know, it'd be hard to powder with a big, big brush like up under here, but you get something small. It's like you want a small brush with like the details in the hairline. Yeah. Like oh my brush, gosh. You know? I'm going to have to hit you up for some, for some recommendations. I'd never heard that before. Yeah, I'm, I'm <laughs> and, and I'm not a makeup expert, you know, so I, I'm getting better at it, but you know, I, I'm definitely going to hit you up for some, yeah, some tips down the road. Let me know. Let me know. This has been an amazing conversation. I've learned so much. Um, I just love meeting new people and just learning their stories. And you're you're amazing. And I, I see so much potential, like growth in what you're doing, especially with the, the gray color. I feel like that is really going to change the game. Like that gray color. I think so. We have a special code that we give people if they're interested. I say this for your listeners. It's not a secret. Um, if somebody currently is interested in silver and they don't, since we don't have it, we actually have a certain code we'll give you if you reach out to our uh, customer care team. And that will give you um, a free black if you order the compact with the duo with a brush in white so that you can actually mix your silvers because a lot of our foxy ladies out there actually have a number of silver tones on their head. Mm -hmm. So the top part might be much lighter, almost like a whitish silver and the bottom part around like the neck area can actually be sometimes almost dark, dark gray, silver, almost black. And so they actually enjoy mixing the two because that way they can control, you know, you as a makeup artist understand the important. I'm so of, excited about like, mixing. I'm like, oh. yeah. So I have, I have a feeling some are still going to stick to the mix, but um, for those who just want, you know, one color out of the box, that's going to be what they're, what they're going to probably prefer to use. I love uh, that. Oh my gosh. Okay. So before you go, I have to ask you the Friends of Beauty rapid fire questions. Oh, okay. So, this is pertaining to you and your business. So just, you know, spit it out, whatever comes to your mind first. <laughs> All right. It's like, okay, she's like ready. Hit, okay. me. Hit me. No, I'm good. I'm good. Hey, at 46, it takes a lot to rattle us. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> is, what are the top three keys to your success so far? Those are, oh, that's a good question. There's so many. I would say one is kind of grit. You'll hear it referred to as so many ways, tenacity, grit, you know, I would just say in that to me, I, I look at it in two ways. It's first the ability to get back up when you've been knocked down because you're going to get knocked down. It's never in life a matter. It's always it, when, not if, and it's going to be repeatedly. Right. And then the other is just adaptability as part of that word is of grit to me is also when you're thrown into new things, are you adaptable? So, you know, when I've moved to different countries, you know, you get immersed to completely different cultures and without going into detail, there's some can, that can be um, quite startling at first. And you have a choice. You can either adapt or you can fight the power. Right. And it's just like, mm, no, I'm not going to change the culture of this country just because I was raised a different way. For example, certain parts of the country, you know, of the world, you being an hour late is completely normal, right? And in others, it's considered very rude. So wherever you are, go with the flow, right? So that type of grit to me is just adaptability and your ability to, to get come back from things. The other I would say is the ability, like we were talking about earlier of networking, the ability to bring people together because you never know, you know, when somebody is going to need you and when somebody is going to be a value to you. And 
everything in life is just really symbiotic to me. So there's always give and take and give and take. And what can I do for you? So one of my biggest things I love as I've gotten to know this industry is when I find a cool brand, I post about it. They probably think I've got some like crazy stalker thing about them. Like, no, you're just doing something really neat. I love it. Right. So let's connect people. Let's put people together because you never know through those connections, whether it's 10 degrees of separation away from you, somebody will find out about something that they didn't know and that they needed. And they found out because you told, you told so-and-so who told so-and-so who told so-and-so and you kind of brought people together. So for me, bringing people together has been a big part of, of things. And then the other, I would say in the face of a lot of challenges, when you move around a lot, especially to places where they speak different languages or have completely different social customs or professional, you know, manners of doing things, um, is, is to always remember we're here to serve others. So for me, just living, you know, a life filled with gratitude, and I don't want to sound too woo-woo about these things, but at the end of the day, when you're really, you know, grateful for what you have, it helps you figure, just put the things that aren't working so well out of your mind for a second, yeah. you know, and, and then, you know, and focus on what you have control over, be grateful for what you have and, and move forward. Right. So I'm doing it a little bit more broadly, but I think those three key things, you know, the grit, the bringing people together and life with gratitude and service, I think have been key for me um, in terms of either, you know, business success or personal growth, success and personal growth, I would say. Yes, I love that. Oh my gosh. How do you measure your success? Oh, what a good question. I've never thought that before. <laughs> How do I measure my success? How do I measure my success? I would say, you know, I think it's, it's, am I forming new memories? Because I say this a lot to people, um, you know, like, and, and I don't want to call people out in a negative way, but you know, sometimes you have a person of an older generation who always talks about things in the good old days, right? And you look at their life and you say, but what about all the cool stuff you're doing now? Right. Yeah. Those are all new memories you're forming. Forget, yes, the good old days are great and that's fantastic, but create new memories, always build new memories. So, you know, don't talk about what you did in work 15 years ago. Don't talk about the service work you did 20 years ago. Talk about what you're going to do now or what you are doing now. And if you aren't, I think you need to go think about that. <laughs> so for me, it's just, am I making new memories and meaningful ones? So that to me, for me, is probably a definition of how I'd say success in my in my world. I love that. Um, what's the best advice you've ever received? There are so many, but I think the one that is probably the least popular at first when people hear it, but I think to me has been the most meaningful and I've heard it from two different sources. So I heard it not personally, but through, you know, his teachings, um, professor Scott Galloway, he's a professor over at NYU Stern, um, and also a very successful tech investor and podcaster, et cetera. Um, and, you know, he said, and my pastor at my church in Mexico city said the same thing, you know, he said, you got to figure out what you're good at and leverage that because, you know, you know, for, for the pastor, it was, if you're tone deaf, you're not going to be a great fit for the choir. You know what? Like no matter how hard and passionate you are and you want to be the singer and you want to do this, if you can't, you know, I ask you to please go serve in another way. <laughs> And, and, you know, I think it's the same thing. It's figure out what you're really good at and leverage that in life. Um, not to say you shouldn't dream about things that you're passionate about, but if what you're passionate about, you kind of suck at, <laughs> you <laughs> want to reconsider. <laughs> so I think it's good to always be aware of what you're good at, you know, and, and really try to leverage that in life. Um, so I thought it was funny when it intersected from a professor and a pastor, <laughs> the yeah, same, the same that. message. <laughs> 
That's great <laughs> advice, though. It's so true. Um, what advice would you give to another woman right now who has just started to experience um, their first bout of hair loss and they're like going through a panic phase? They don't know what is going on. Their confidence is shot. Like, what advice would you give to her right now? First is take a deep breath. Take a deep breath. It's going to be a long journey. I'm not going to lie because this is not something, a hair growth cycle is not like plucking out your eyebrow and you have to, you know, or cutting your hair and you got to let it grow in a little bit. No, it's the hair growth cycle takes time. So take a deep breath and know that it's going to be a long journey. Now, first thing to do, go see a medically trained professional. And I would say two are the valid professionals to go see. One is a board certified dermatologist who has up-to-date information because out-of-date information is of no use to anybody, especially with all the recent changes and improvements and enhancements in medication. The reason my hair is as thick as it is now, which is still half of what I had growing up, and I still use my foundation every single day, but, um, but is because on new medications, even ones I just started eight months ago, right? And this is 25 years deep into this journey. So in the last two years, I've started two new medications that have made a huge difference. So make sure you go see a, you know, somebody who's very well-trained Another group. I would say that, um, if, if a board certified dermatologist, um, cause I'm usually partial to, to medically trained doctors, but if that's not your jam or you don't have access to somebody, um, a trichologist is a wonderful resource as well. Um, and they are specialists who haven't gone to medical school. I don't believe they have to have an RN either, but um, have gone to school to learn specifically about hair growth and scalp health. So I think, and I think hair nails and, 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 and yeah, nails as well. Um, so I think those two are the first, first place to go before you listen to the neighbor who tells you this, or you listen to the guy who tells you this, or, you know, take the biotin castor oil. Like you, I have some, some reels that I put on Instagram about things that are just absurd things that people tell you to do, you know? So it's like biotin. Every doctor has told me, unless you have a biotin deficiency, you don't need biotin supplements. And few people in Western diets have biotin deficiencies. This is, I'm just repeating what I've been told over and over again. I'm not medically trained, so I don't want to give people advice, but <laughs> the first thing those doctors are going to do is have you run a full blood panel to make sure you're not deficient in things, right? Because then you've got to figure out the source of the hair loss. And the reason I say go see somebody as fast as possible is because the longer you wait, the, uh, the harder it is to regrow that hair that has been lost. And I want to give people hope. Like here I am, even 20 years later, I have been taking medications now that have made such a huge improvement that I don't need to wear prosthetic hair, which is something I chose to wear for a number of years when I was younger. So you know, that would be my biggest set of advice is be very discerning about the advice you take. And I think another thing to know is that, you know, if your hair growth, if your hair loss is something that's temporary, um, you know, make sure you understand that if it's, if you're doing a treatment, that's not from your medical provider, um, make sure that your medical provider thinks that that's the right treatment. It wasn't just a coincidence that your hair was going to grow back anyway. Um, so that you're not spending a ton of money on things that may not have necessarily been the reason your hair grew back, you know, so that you're not using that in perpetuity after, because it gets expensive. This is not a cheap endeavor. These things are not covered by health insurance as far as I know. <laughs> so mine has never covered it. <laughs> um, you know, so that's, that's my advice and find a great community of people who are empathetic and, you know, if you have an autoimmune form of hair loss, that's probably going to be a different type of community than if you have the type I have, right? Because we have different treatment protocols, different root causes for it. 
So, you know, there are plenty of communities out there now, um, which is so great online and just find somebody and it's okay to talk about it because that's what I think is the hardest step for so many of us. So go see a medical professional, go see them as fast as you can, you know, and find your network because it's going to be a journey. When you start a new medication, it can take six, eight, 12 months for it to start working. And if it's not going to work, it's going to take you that long to find out too. And then you got to try a new one. And if you choose, you know, some people, um, that's not what they want to do. They prefer to embrace their hair loss and find ways that they feel comfortable wearing their hair. Um, they're what they call bio hair, their natural hair. Um, and that's awesome too. But even that's going to be a bit of a journey because your hair loss is probably going to change over time. It's not like it's something that changes one day to the next. And that's what you're going to get. It's always evolving and changing. So it's, it's a journey. That's all I will say, but there's so much hope, so much hope I'm telling you 25 years ago, I would have said, Oh gosh, I don't know what to tell you. And now I'm saying there's so many things you can do cosmetically and medically, which is awesome. awesome. Yeah. Um, what's a resource that helps you in your business that you can share with the friends of beauty community. I know you shared two already. Like another one. Oh, well, being new to the industry. So if somebody isn't, you know, an industry veteran, I would say Beauty Independent or the Indie Beauty Media Group as a general whole, because Beauty Independent is their publication, but they have different arms of what they do. Weekly podcasts, uh, web, sorry, webinars, really, um, you know, and, and events like I went to, I think it was called Beauty X Summit uh, right before the pandemic. It was in LA and they had a whole panel of experts teaching you about different things in the industry. So they're really supportive. Uh, of the indie beauty world. Mm -hmm. And I think they're by far the best resource out there. Um, the people are wonderful and so supportive and they actually have really helpful resources available to you. Um, and I didn't list all of them. They have a whole bunch of other programs as well, but, but you know, could take a look on their website. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to me, that would have been the, the biggest the biggest thing, but the other, and not just because I'm talking to you right now, are the beauty podcasts. You uh, and other beauty podcasters have created this community of um, of resources that you very generously, you know, offer everybody. I know many people do it on the side; it's not even their primary line of work, um, and you know, the guests that you have on, whether it's a founder who shared something that's useful or whether it's, a, you know, a doctor who shares something that's useful or a trichologist or a chemist or, you know, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, there's so many resources that um, are brought to the table on all of these podcasts. And I find it's not too duplicitous between the podcasts. I don't know how you guys do it. If you <laughs> coordinate amongst yourselves, but you would think like, oh, it's going to be the same thing over and over and over. Right. Yeah. You know, yeah. There's some overlap from time to time just because it's skincare and beauty. And, and that's what, that's what, it, what we're all talking about. So you're going to overlap. But at the end of the day, you guys are really all attacking it from different angles. And I think it's just amazing. I mean, I couldn't have done this without the podcast out there. And I'm not saying this just because I'm sitting here with you. I'm saying it honestly, genuinely, if you talk to my children, They'll, they'll just roll their eyes because they recognize the voices of, you know, said podcast or that or that. Yeah. And they're just like, oh my gosh, mom, like we have to listen to this. And I said, you know, there are people who know their, their stuff and that's these folks. And if they don't know, they bring on experts and that's tremendous value because you got to be resourceful. <laughs> so, so to me, those are the two best places. And even an episode that you think you have nothing in common with necessarily, you'd be surprised what you learn. Maybe it's, I remember I was listening to one podcast and Marcia Kilgore, who's, uh, and I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing her name properly, but she's the founder of Bliss and recently the founder of the now exploding Beauty Pie um, uh, brand. 
uh, had said something about the economics. And she it was on a podcast that she, I think she was talking about. It was a beauty podcast. I think it was British. And they were talking about the microbiome, you know, but the nugget I got out of it wasn't necessarily the microbiome, although as interesting as it was, it was the unit economics she was talking about, about the business that I didn't know in the beginning. So, you know, you never know, like go out there, listen to something that you never thought you would have learned anything from. And, and it's, it's great because we're all in the same industry. We all love the same, you know, thing, self, you know, self-confidence, beauty, feeling good, looking good, whichever angle you have in beauty and what it means to you. That's great. You know, and we're all here, I think for the greater good. So I've never come across, and I'm sure there is like every industry, you're going to have some people who aren't very nice, but that's just life. But I've never come across somebody who so far who hasn't wanted to answer a question I, I, I offered, even if they don't know me from a hole in the wall. So, yeah. so that's, I'm sorry, I give long-winded answers, I suppose, <laughs> but I like to give some context. <laughs> no problem. Um, the last one is just, I want you to fill in the blank. Okay. My name is Blank. And the key to longevity and success is whatever you think it is. My name is Camille Barreto. And the key to longevity is to learn how to read a room. Ooh, okay. We got to on that one. Because in life, you know, you're going to be presented with all different situations, different people, and you might have your agenda that you thought, but you have to learn to read a room very fast. So whether you are, I don't know, one example, I was you know, doing uh, volunteer work as in junior achievement. I don't know if you have, um, that's still going in schools, but they do certain, it's pretty big across Canada and the US, I grew up in Canada. Um, and so we would go in and we would teach, you know, eighth graders how to run finances, right? So you have your idea of how you're going to do it. But once you get in there, you have to read the room and understand what's going to resonate and what's not. The same thing is going to happen in so many different instances, right? Whether you're talking to VCs when you're going in, I mean, hopefully you're very prepared before you go talk to them, but, you know, read the room. You got to see what's going on, you know, read the room with your chemists, read the room with, you know, your manufacturers. So I think that that's a really good skill that we're, I'm still working really hard at. Sometimes I put my foot in my mouth because I clearly haven't done it well, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's something I try. You're just going to blame it on the pandemic. You get into talking exactly. to people again, you know? Yes. Yes. So, so, you know, I just want to say thank you so much for, for, for what you do, you and all the other beauty podcasters and the many other podcasters out there that are just creating such great content that is really valuable for people. Oh, you're welcome. This is my absolute pleasure. This is like such a, a joy for me because I get to learn so much just from meeting new people and their stories and everything. I had no idea about um, the struggles with, you know, alopecia and the, the products and this is all informational for me. So I absolutely love it. Before you go share any of your social media information or however you want people to connect with you, get to the products and all of that. Oh, thank you. Um, we, our social media handles are me cosmetics USA, not because we're just patriotic, you know, I'm not even American, but <laughs> somebody has the other handle. They've been inactive for eight years and I'm trying to figure out how to get them. <laughs> But we're trying. So it's Me Cosmetics USA. We are on TikTok where you'll see my goofy face doing goofy things, but trying to share an important message. Uh, Instagram, Facebook, um, and uh, our website is mecosmetics.com. And, uh, you know, and 
um, I would say reach out to us anytime. Info at mecosmetics.com is our customer care team. Whether you have questions about shades, shade selection, application videos, whatever, you know, whatever. If you have a complaint, if you want to talk to the CEO, the messages will get to me. If they need to get to me, they will get to me. <laughs> so, um, so that's something that uh, would be great to share. And, uh, and if you want, let me know after I'm happy to set up a, uh, discount code or, you know, a promotional code for your listeners. If you'd like, we can, we can make it, you know, a Quia 25 for 25% off. There you go. I'll set it up. Give me a day to set it up and I'll get that set up. <laughs> that works. So we'll make it a Quia 25. We'll yes. Is that, and I'll put it in the description and then check back. Yes. Thank you. That's awesome. <laughs> Yay, thank you so much for sharing with us. Thank you so much. It's been great. And uh, and a shout out to uh, Ornami Skincare, who I learned about on your podcast, and I brought their product, and it's fantastic. The body scrub. It's Yay. really good. I'm so, so hydrating. So hydrating. So anyways, shout out to them. <laughs> Oh, this is amazing. Thank you so much for doing this. Thanks for listening to the Friends in Beauty podcast. Don't forget, sharing is caring. Share this episode with at least one friend in beauty and subscribe, rate, and review on Apple Podcasts so that other friends in beauty can find this show. Plus, we'd love to hear your feedback. Connect with us on all social media platforms at Friends in Beauty hashtag friends in beauty to join the conversation and join our friends in beauty facebook community to stay connected talk to you soon